G'day, drunks, and welcome to Lords of the Bottolo, a spin-off podcast where we sit down to have a few bevies with the boys. My name is Philip, and the drunk joining me tonight is Callum. How are you, Cal? Yep, awesome. Great to be back. Mate, good to be back, man. I can't, I'm so stoked for doing another one of these, man. It, last one was so much fun. Yeah, I know. Eh? We, definitely had a, we definitely had a few of them, and uh, I felt it after, but um, no, it was a wicked afternoon. Yeah, how did you pull up afterwards? Because what it was like three o'clock on a like a Saturday or a Sunday we did last one. Yeah, um, I was just outside playing with the dog, just pretty hemming. I yeah, I remember I walked out of the shed like after we finished recording, and I just walked out and my wife took one look at me and she goes, "You're like you're like drunk, right?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm fucking toasted." <laughs> <I was so laughs> well, drunk. hey, we were doing it right then. We did it right. You know? Man, but those those beers we reviewed last week, the uh, the Monteith's black beers, I went went back yeah. and got another six pack like the next day, man. Those beers were fucking sick. Yeah, nah, such I'm good beers. Yeah, I'm definitely getting. I'm gonna stock the fridge up um, probably tomorrow for Christmas. So I'll definitely be having a few of them with a Barbie. I reckon and go down a treat. Oh yeah, I'm, I can't wait. Can't wait to get some more. So what's been going on, mate? You were telling me uh, just as we uh, started recording, you had your Christmas party yesterday. You're a bit dusty from that, or? Oh, it was a good solid twelve-hour drinking. So I think I think I'm definitely the man to be talking. I feel like um, my resume is pretty good to be talking shit about wine. So um, <laughs> I definitely. Well, I didn't drink any wine last night, but um, yeah, we went um, water skiing, got sl- launched by a biscuit, and did a bit of kneeboarding. Did my first three sixty on a kneeboard. So that was oh, pretty very cool. Nice. Oh, that's such a that's such a tradies Christmas party. Like, I work yeah. in aged care. Our Christmas party yesterday was like a Kris Kringle gift exchange with like wine and nibblies. Like it was <laughs> really <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. very different worlds we work in, buddy. Very yeah. different worlds. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was pretty funny. Everyone had a that, good had a good time. Yeah, my Christmas party like they had like a big actual like a big table set up with all these wines, but. Because I was driving, I actually didn't get a chance to crack in and have any drinks. I was just sipping the the Coke, no sugar, all night. So yeah, responsible, responsible drinking. That's what always, we want to promote. Always drink responsibly. Always drink responsibly. Um, but we mentioned it on the last week's episode that we're going to be doing a wine review. So, do we want to crack in and get going? So, yeah. I think we're going to follow the same format we did last time. We've both got one of the same bottles that we'll review together, and then we've both bought um, a separate. A separate wine. Yep. The, I think we both got the same type of wine, though. Yep. We've both I, gone a rosé. Yeah, I got a rosé, too. Good. And I went... I think we're doing an Australian versus New Zealand thing, right? You bought yeah, it. Yeah, NZ rosé, and I got an Australian rosé. Yep. yep. Bit Fuck. of a good old Anzac um, rivalry. Rivalry, mate. Fucking hell. I'll make up for all the times we've lost the rugby. Right here, right now, mate. You're going down. Mm. <laughs> yeah, let's not, let's not bring up rugby, please. <laughs> that's bloody flashbacks for me. I get every time we lose to New Zealand, the boys at work give me shit every oh, time. Oh, as they would, man. As mm. they would. It's like any time. It's like any time there's a there's a Queenslander in New South Wales around Origin. It's yeah. just like if they lose, it's just the biggest fucking kick down of all times. Even though Queensland's exactly. won, 
Like, I don't even follow football. I've watched, like, two games in my whole life, but all I know is that New South Wales sucks at origin. We never win. No. I, I feel we, like... We, yeah. We almost, we almost did this year, but anyway. We'll uh, get there. Bloody New we'll South Wales. Letting me down. <laughs> so, um, we've got two, two types <laughs> of wine. Let's go the the one we've got same together. So, it's a... Yep. Man, I think I got you onto this wine a few months ago. It's... Man, yep. this is... Yep. This is my one of my favourite wines of all time. 100%. This, this is amazing. So it's um, 19 Crimes, The Uprising. So this is a red blend wine, aged 30 days in rum ba- barrels. It comes in at 8.9 standard drinks per bottle. Um, it, I th- think the blend of red it is, it's a rose, uh, not a rosé, it's a pinot and a cabernet, I think. No, a okay, pinot yep. and a sablanc, maybe. I can't remember. Yep. But it. Um, I stumbled across this wine, or... Oh, I think I tried the 19 Crimes Pinot first, and then I found this one. And ever since I found it, this has been my go-to at all times. It is yeah. a phenomenal drop, and I'm so excited to be drinking it again. So yeah, because I think I think this this one was I think they were marketing it as a Pinot Noir, but I yes. think they got in trouble because it's aged in the like like they fully changed the. It now just says red wine, where before I'm pretty sure it said Pinot Noir, and I couldn't get it on the shelves in New Zealand for about a, a month because yeah, I think they had to reprint some stuff on it or something. Yeah, I think it didn't meet the classifications to be actually called a Pinot. Um, yeah. Uh, it does... The the 19 Crimes have... I think they basically have a type of wine, like a red variety and a white variety of all types. I don't think they've yep. got a rosé. Um, okay. But this is a South Australian, uh, uh, Southeastern Australia uh, wine company. They're pretty new to the scene from what I've seen. They've, you know, yep. only come out recently, uh, but they do a bloody good drop. So let's pour these glasses up. Yep. Got my, my very nice, very nice wine glass. <whistles> very fancy. Very fancy. fancy. I've got two different... I've got two different wine glasses. I've got a, a nice red wine glass and a, a cheap white one. Look at that. Beautiful. Look at us. Mate, we are so good at drinking. We're fucking professionals. We've stepped up. We have 100% stepped up. Now, I'm th- very proud of us. This will probably be the first time in my life I've ever cracked a bottle of red wine and not finished it in that yeah. one sitting. Um, yeah. Well, that is a big pour. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I did that big, but um, but yeah. Rightio, let's give it a so, give it a little swirl. There is a few things you got to do with wine tasting, and I learned this when okay. I was doing my my TAFE my chef's apprenticeship. Yep. So you've always got to check for color, uh, occupancy, and uh, viscosity. So you're looking for the color of it, the yep. um, the denseness of it, and the thickness of it. So this is a very dark red wine. Yeah. Very dark. You can't see through. Yeah. It's. It's a, very, it's a thicker wine too, I think, because blends mo- m- more often than not aren't uh, are very thick. Yep. And um, can you smell it? Mm. It's got it's, a very I love, I, very rummy smell. Very rummy. Yeah. Mm. I love this wine, man. Fuck, it's so good. Okay. I know it. It is just a very easy drinking wine, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Let's dig in. All right. Oh, Bro, I love that. It's so good. I absolutely love that. I think the thing that makes this wine 
really, really good for me is this just the subtlest tint of that rum at the end of it. Yep. You don't get it at the start, 100%. and it's just when you swallow, you kind of get this smell of rum in the back of your mouth, and it's oh, it's so good. Did it, like, how much? How much is a bottle of this going for in Australia? I got this for nine ninety a bottle, under ten bucks a Bullshit. bottle. Bullshit. Yeah. No way. Yeah, it's so cheap. It's so good, man. Fuck. That wasn't even on special. That is unbelievable. Oh, I do get a staff discount of like ten percent, so I think it might be over ten dollars okay. for for the regular punter. But I, I, okay. I got them hookups, brother. I got them hookups. Your, boy, <laughs> yep. your boy's out here hustling. <laughs> nice, bro. Mm. That's what you need. Because I think I picked this up for seventeen dollars. Oh New wow! Okay. Wow. Which is in in New Zealand. That's like that's about where, that's about the price range I go for. Mm. Um, if I'm feeling fancy or it's a special occasion or something, I'll, I'll splash out to thirty because they can't be busting the bank too much. Oh but, man, I, I think I've only ever had maybe. Two, maybe three thirty dollar bottle bottles of wine in my life. Not even that. Maybe one. I don't know, man. I, my price range for wine is between ten and fifteen. That's what, that's my go to, man. That's my sweet spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, this honestly, this is the best for the the price of it. This is this is a go to. Mm. This is an absolute crowd pleaser, I reckon, because it's not even. It hasn't even when you take the sip. So yeah, you get a real nice kind of yeah Pinot Noir flavor. And then you get the, then you get the rum at the end, and then it's real. You don't get like with you know some cheap wines you can get that real alcoholy taste, yeah. and you know it's cheap wine. Yeah, yeah. This to me, if you, if I was at a dinner and someone pulled this out and I didn't know how much they paid for it and they just had it in a decanter or whatever they're called, I would have thought this is a fifty dollar bottle of wine. Yeah, it's 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 um. It's the it's got like the uh, the subtleness and the the sweetness of like a Pinot, where it's you know that kind of mm. fruity, like almost. Yep. I don't want to sound too pretentious, but like playful on the palate, and yep. but then you just get that sharpness of the rum as it goes down. But it's not an overpowering sharpness because it's it's only aged in rum barrels. Like it, it's not actually there's no, you know, it's just that hint of rum in it. Yeah. And, you know, it hasn't been aged yep. for long, so you know, man, it's just it's such a good drop, man. Yeah, I think. I think they, they say it's only aged in the rum barrels for 30 days. Yeah, 30 days. And so the 19 Crimes, the brand, their whole aesthetic is uh, this kind of... So they always go these all blackout bottles, always this black, full black bottles, which is something I've, I you don't... This stands out on a wine shelf because no other wine yep. is doing in a whole black bottle. So immediately yep. it's already, you know, standing out visually. And yep. the whole point of this is each bottle represents a criminal that was sent over from England in the con yep. for the for the uh, when they were sending all the convicts over here in the you know the 1800s 1700s I forget how that works so somewhere like that yeah uh, do you want to read the back of your bottle you got a nicer reading voice than me yeah the back Mine, mine's just saying the uprising is a new wine aged 30 days in a rum in rum barrels pays homage to the Australian rum rebellion in 1808. Mm. So I, I did a so, bit of I did a bit of digging into the rum rebellion just because I, yeah. I had never heard of it. Do you know much about the rum rebellion of 1808 in Australia? No. No. Uh, so the Rum Rebellion was a coup d'etat in the then British penal colonies of New South Wales, uh, staged by the New South Wales Corps in order to depose Governor William Bly. 
Um, it's the first and only military coup in Australia's history, and of course, it involves alcohol of some kind. <laughs> it's the classic. It's like the only thing we get angry about. I swear to Christ. Yeah. Um, yeah. So basically, this William Blight dude was pretty much a terrible guy. Like everything, okay. everything I read about him, it was it was pretty hard. He did he did a fair bit of crook stuff uh, when it comes to leading. Um, he once got in a fair bit of trouble, or no, he once you know lost favor with the the community because he he sentenced a. Um, I wrote it down here. He sentenced. Uh, uh, he also upset upset people by allowing a group of Irish convicts to be tried for revolt. Uh, by a court, including their accusers, and then when six of the eight were acquitted, he kept them locked up anyway. So, like, he was like a pretty, really? yeah, pretty rough dude. And it's called the Rum Rebellion because basically his, um, you know, leading group and him were imposing a lot of restrictions on the trading of spirits uh, because they were using spirits to barter a lot back then. So, you know, yep. instead of money, because okay. it was a, a colonial uh, thing. They would barter spirits, and he wanted to have a basically a racketeer on all the all the alcohol coming through the community, uh, through the through yeah. the you know the the colony. Uh, so basically, when a whole bunch of people got sick of him, four hundred people marched on his office and kicked him out. There's a, a very famous painting in a, in Australian history of um, a propaganda painting of uh, three soldiers pulling out William Bly from under the bed of one of his. Um, uh, I think one of his servants that he was hiding under, and that's now uh, hanging up in the uh, museum in Sydney. So it's, oh, it's okay. actually wow. fairly historical. And, of course, we're Australian, so we don't know anything about it because we're not taught no. anything about Australian history apart from the fact that Cook was a good guy. Yeah. I, d- I did air quotes um, for the people yeah. listening because we all know yeah. that he was a fucking piece of shit. And <laughs> exactly. We should, oh man, we should know more about our heritage, but it's insane that we don't. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that, but uh, that's quite quite interesting. I'm definitely going to have to do a bit of research into that. Oh. that like, that's something I would have liked to have learned at school. Exactly. Again, like, so many things I would have liked to learn in school that never got taught. No. Fucking hell. I know, I know, Classic. I know way more about the civil uh, the civil war in America than I do about our own country's bloody history. It's such a backwards yeah. ass education system here. It's wild. Yeah, exactly. But um, no, so so these so these guys are they're also so they're giving us a nice wine. They're educating mm. us. What more can you ask for? Man, and I was just on their website today. Um, you know who they're doing a collaboration with? <laughs> yeah, I went on their website too. <laughs> I I was like I I clicked on the website right like, and I was like, is this can't be the right website? I'm like, this is something's weird is this taking me to another website so for the for the people at home uh 19 crimes is doing a collaboration with snoop doggy dog <laughs> it's like it wasn't because we me and you checked the website like what a week ago when we decided we'll do this yeah. wine and it wasn't yeah. on there because we were both checking and then when i loaded yeah. up today i'm like the fuck so yeah. yeah i was like is this the wrong website and did you see did you scroll down and watch that little video so apparently i don't know if you download an app or something but you put your phone over the bottle and Snoop Dogg says quotes to you. Amazing, no. So Snoop Dogg's doing the Cali Red, full and dense with strong black and blue fruit notes up front from the uh, Petite Sayar, complemented with a bright red, slightly canned fruit in the background from the Zinafetal of 
dark toasted oak ties and all together with a slightly sweet finish. I don't think Snoop Dogg has read that because I don't think he would have signed off on that description of his wife. <laughs> Like, could you just imagine? Like, he's in one of his gang- he's in one of his videos, just popping the best raps you've ever heard, and he just pulls out an Aussie wine, a Cali Red, too. Like, it's yeah. oh wow, it's great. And then he starts talking about those. I don't even know half the words you just said. I just heard red wine, Snoop Dogg. I'm gonna try it, but of I'm course, I'm gonna try it. Uh, man, that's a good point you bring up that you don't understand half the words that I just read because, man, I think especially for us, uh, you know, like mid mid-twenties, you know, kind of lower social economic uh, background. For us, man, uh, wine always seems so pretentious to get into. Like, mm-hmm. there's, su- there feels like yep. there's such a boundary to get into actually enjoying wine because not only yep. is there, like, price, but also it's, man, like, all those words are so pretentious. And, like, even S- when I was shit. doing wine stuff in TAFE, like, it was all so fucking snooty. And... I think that's something I actually really enjoy about this wine is because it feels like it cuts through a bunch of the crap because this is just a, a flat-out really good wine aged in rum barrels, which makes it better somehow. And, you know, yep. it's, it, the bottle's not pretentious. The bottle is very sleek and stylized. Yep. You know, there's none of this yep. gobbledygook on it. It's just, it's just good wine, man. It's just good, good wine. Yeah, this, this is... If you haven't tried red wine and you want to... Like you want an entry point to get into wine, grab this bottle and just have a jam. Yeah, exactly. Straight up. Well, that's. I'd a, recommend this. How, how did you get into drinking wine? Because I know you've worked in a winery before. Was that when you kind of started? Oh, um, it was actually when I when I met um, my partner, my wife Elise. Um, mm. She and her family they they came over to New Zealand before we met, and they went down to Marlborough, which is actually where the rosé is from that um, I'm about to talk. We'll talk about later, but um, th- so yeah, she kind of introduced me, and she we actually started drinking Savlons. Okay, yeah. So a Savion Blanc, and um, down there they're 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 known for a really good one. So um, we've actually gone down there and done a few few wine tours. Um, so yeah, she kind of got me into it, and. And then, and then when we went to Queenstown and we started working in the Gibson Valley Winery, we, we got to um, try like $80, $80 bottles of wine. Oh, wow. That's a hell of a way to start and, your career of wine they, drinking. They were, they were unbelievable. Yeah. Even for if – I'll bring one back one time and we'll sit down and like it is just – it is another level. You do get what you pay for. Yeah. I mean, that's funny because like I've – I, I always hear that with wine, and I know one day I'm going to have to splurge and buy, like, the old $100, $100 you know, 30-year-old wine or whatever. Or, yeah. You know. But for, like, an entry point of wine, like, I've always found... So when I, when I started drinking wine, it was, like... I want to say, like, a year ago now, maybe? Yep. Oh, yeah, no, probably a year ago. And I, um, I was listening to a, uh, an Australian uh, comedian who I, who I really love, uh, a guy by the name of, um, completely blanking on his name here, and it's Harley Breen. Harley Breen is an Australian comedian, um, okay. yeah, all round, great, great comedian. And he, he, um, he was talking one day, uh, maybe it was on radio or a podcast or something, um, about you know, his drinking habits. He, he's a well-known drinker. And he was talking about wine and, you know, he said something about along the lines of, you know, um, beer's good, you know, all alcohol is good if you if you find the one for you. Like, the, it's very rare that you could discount a whole type of alcohol or something yeah. like that. I can't even remember. I was probably drink drunk when I listened to it. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I think it might have been on his uh, That's the Drink Talking podcast. Anyway, 
And I was like, okay, you know, I'll try, I'll try a Pinot. I'll try a Pinot Noir. So the first one I ever had was a Pinot. I still remember what it was. It was a um, uh, a company by Australian company by the name of the Stag, the Stag Pinot. Um, okay, not haven't heard of it. Again, it's in that like ten to fifteen dollar price range. Yep. And I remember uh, I had these wine glasses in the fridge, and I poured myself a glass, and I, I was drinking it, and I was like, okay, I, ca- I kind of see what this is. You know, it's not goon. It's not the goon that I remembered. <laughs> yeah, that's not wine. And I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, I can see this. And and then I finished the bottle, and I was like, I, and I, I noticed over the next couple of days that I was craving another bottle. So I went and I got another bottle, and I tried a different Pinot Noir. And yep. then I finished that bottle and then I tried a different Pinot Noir and I just found myself constantly trying different types of wines. And then, you know, from the Pinots, I went to the Cab Savs and from the Cab Savs, I went to yep. the Chardonnays, from the Chardonnays, I went to the Rosés. And I, I did this thing over maybe like six months where, you know, every couple of days I'd buy a different type of wine, a different brand, a different, you know, a different um, blend, like a different um, type of wine. I did that for yep. six months, and I, at the end of that six months, I was like, oh, I, I, I actually enjoy wine now, and I see, I can tell the differences now in the types and what a different bottle's going for, and, you know, you can tell, oh, this was grown, the grapes were grown in New Zealand, and that's why it tastes this way, or, you know, it was grown in this, and that's why it tastes this way, or this has, you know, less yep. alcohol content, so you get more of the fruit, and I think with wine, less so with beer, I think to grow a taste or get a palate for wine, what you basically have to do is drink a whole bunch of different wine and figure out what yep. the fuck it's doing. Because wine's so hard to get yeah. into as a, as a beginner, as someone who's never gone to wine before. You've just got to literally just go to the bottle shop and grab three different bottles from three different sections, yep. try them all, figure out which one you like, and then repeat. Rinse and repeat till forever. Do that for the rest of your life. It's the best way to yeah. do it. Mm. And I also think, um, like, if you if there is a winery close by, like, go on a go to a winery or a wine region and do a wine tasting tour. Yeah, like, it can be a little bit if you haven't done much. I, I mean, like, you kind of have to do what you said first, and then if you start feeling like you start to like wine, I I feel like when you go on a wine tour, they really do. They towards the end of the day, that they've told you this tastes like um, it has hints of bark. And you're a bit like, mm, but they actually do teach you how to drink it properly, how to mm. understand it. You do, you don't have to drink all of it. You can they have the little platoon or whatever where you can spit it into. Yeah. And they, re- I, I love wine tours. I really do. Yeah, wine I, tours. Are I, great, I actually yeah. have learned a lot. Mm, we got to do and a wine the, tour, man. Next time we're in the yes. same area, we're just doing a wine tour. I'd, man, God, I can't wait for COVID to fuck off and for you to be able to come back over or for me to go over I there know. and just. Yeah. Oh man, I miss you. I miss hit, you, buddy. Hit. I know, bro. It's a it's it's a wild like who would have thought twenty twenty, like we would be Crazy here, year. right? Good year for good year to get into wine though. God I loved getting into wine in twenty twenty. Good yeah, year for nah. wine. Mm. Definitely. So yeah, but and back on the so we, like wine is it's when we were at the working at Gibson Valley, you and on those wine tours as well, you learned that like from, so they can have a, a massive big vineyard and they can have wine growing on a hill and the soil there can change the, the fruit from the soil down which is a little bit sandier or if it's a bit rockier or if it's got oh, wow. more yeah. gravel in. It literally, even in the same, like 100 metres, you can see a vine. Uh, it can, the grape can change from that short amount of distance. Mm. 
because the like the different the it's like uh, I think the roots are a little bit more stressed if it can't get certain water or there's like it's there's so much into it. Yeah, and, it's, and just, it's a really like it feels like uh, I mean I don't know about you but that feels like it would be kind of one of my dream jobs is uh, jobs to be like a, a winery guy like where you just work at a winery yeah. and you you know all that stuff about the soil where you're sitting there and you mm-hmm. you're looking at a big hill of all your grapes and you're like all well, this ones are going to be a bit more like this because that soil over there is a bit yep. sandy. But these ones, that, oh man, I feel like I would fucking love that. Waking up every morning, sipping a coffee, looking over a vineyard. Oh. Yep. Oh, no, God. It's, it, the, the winemakers down in Queenstown, they, they worked their asses off. Oh, but yeah. They, they seemed to love that. Like, they loved it. They were doing 12-hour days, and especially down there in wintertime, they have to like pay helicopters to come in for the frost because mm. it can kill the vines. So literally a helicopter will take off, and they have little... Um, little lights above certain parts of the vineyard and when they go red it means that it's dropped below a certain temp where the, wow. the trees are the um, vines are about to die so a helicopter flies hovers over there and like obviously tries to mix the air, the air like suck the cold air up and mix it with warm air and wow. then he'll sit there for five minutes and then he'll shoot he'll go, he'll go red over there and he shoots there and they they literally do that over winter and it's something like two grand an hour i think to rent that but and, and one of the guys I work with, he he got he was like, oh, that would be so cool to like get up there and experience that. So he he got I think he got a call at four in the morning because they're like, it, as soon as it drops any time, they get a call and the helicopter pilots have to be ready to go. So he quickly raced down there, got in there, hopped up, and he was like, this is awesome. Started going around, and then um, I think he was up there for something like two or three hours, and he's cool. like, first five minutes was cool, and then it was boring as shit. Yeah. He was just hovering above grapes just moving <laughs> yeah. And, yeah and then you can't get down once you're up there you're up but there. it was just so interesting that like there's, there's so much money in it as well like yeah wine, wine's crazy it takes years. Man. it's crazy like so um i think i mentioned this on the the last uh lords of the bottle we did uh but over we had a, a family holiday like a month ago and we ducked over to the hunter valley which is the the big wine region in uh new south wales Yep. And it is a beautiful um, place. Just driving in there, you just you turn off the highway and then all of a sudden it's just rows and rows and rows of vines and vineyards and and yep. also like these vineyards, man, they're not just like little, you know, barns on the top of a hill. These are like no. massive facilities and they're fancy and the architecture's all whack and there's yep. big signage and they're huge, man. It looks like a Scientology centre, man. Some of these wineries are insane. Yep. And yep. also like you're going through there and as I was going through there and I was driving past a winery, I was like, oh, I've had that wine. And then the next one I was like, oh, I've had that wine. And then I was like, huh. Had that one, and like all these wines that are being grown in the Hunter Valley, are like I've drunk most of them because I picked most of them up from my local bottle. Though, like, it, it's yeah. crazy to think that all these great wines that I've been enjoying are literally made three hour drive from me, you know, down the road. Like, yeah. it, it's it's wild, man. Australia and it New is Zealand, a beautiful spot. Oh yeah, and Australia and New Zealand just make some bloody fantastic wine. Like we're a, we're a drinking country. We we are. Yeah. Like it, it's yeah. undeniable this fact. Like. We have, per capita, we would have some of the highest drinking in the world, I would imagine. Like, we're fucking huge yeah. on drinking. Like, the average yeah. drinking age is really long, like, young. Like, so I started drinking at 14. Like, my, yeah. my, and you would have been about the same, right? 
14, yeah, 15? I think it was 14, 15. Yeah. Looking back, you're like, holy shit, oh, that's yeah. young. Could you imagine what Far, potential yeah. we would have had if we had not drank since, like... I mean, we wouldn't have been friends because we would have been fucking nerds, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Life would have been a little bit different, but... um. Oh, man, it's just yeah. it's just wild to think that we started drinking at such a young age. and But, yeah, we're, we're a drinking country, and for us to have yep. this country to have such a good foundation in in wine and beer and i'm sure we'll find out it's got a booming spirits culture when we start drinking spirits for, for this yeah, exactly. for this channel uh for this show yeah um but this is good i oh, mean i'm about to polish off this glass how are you doing yeah i think um i've polished my little bit off i didn't do a, uh my pour wasn't as big as yours so i'm gonna i'm gonna go back again yeah and so this is just this is just an it's just going down a treat right now mm. it's like usually i would go a red wine and I'd be slapping a red wine down in wintertime and then summertime I'm usually going more like a rosé or yeah. a Sav Blanc. Yeah, but agreed on that it, one. This, but this still is just going down a treat. It's not too warm here in New Zealand at the moment, but it's just it's just a beautiful wine. I really do love this wine. I really hope this is picking up on the video, but I am drenched in sweat because it is a billion degrees in my shed. Uh, but this, this wine is still going down an absolute treat, man. I spent... Uh, so today, I, I, Teddy, my, my, my youngest, had to go for a birthday party and one of these new... Do, does New Zealand... I'm sure New Zealand has these this big trend of, like, trampoline places. So it's just, like, a big yep. warehouse full this of, like... Tram- yep. Yeah, okay, yeah. So for anyone who doesn't know, they're just basically big warehouses full of trampolines and rope swings and all this all these shenanigans. So I took Teddy there today. So I literally spent, like, three hours in a shed with no air con just... Watching <laughs> forty children lose their minds as they bounce. So yeah, man, I'm so buggered. I'm so tired. Just sitting down drinking this wine is it's oh man, it's the highlight highlight of the day so far, man. It's so good. It's an abs yeah. It's a, it's a beautiful way to to polish off a, a good Saturday. But what why did why did we not have those trampoline parks? Oh man. So I needed that when in my life. I was going there today and they've got all this signage up everywhere. So I was reading some of the signage because I'm a dad now. So it's basically what I do when these go places. I just yeah. read the terms and conditions and the, the safety <laughs> rules and shit. Yeah. You know? What am I signing my life yeah, for? Basically. It was like, and it's basically the big sign is just basically if someone dies, it's their fault. Basically, basically like rules yeah. of entry is you can't sue us for anything. And it was bedlam yep. in there, like absolute bedlam. Like kids just doing somersaults into walls. And like I was in there and I was standing on that because all the floors are like these big spring pad things and like there's bounce on all the yep. floors and basically everything's a soft padded surface. So I was just in there just yeeting kids like everywhere. Hey, like Teddy, Teddy would run up and be like, throw me, daddy, throw me. And I'd just be like, yeah, righty, whoos. Just like yeet him halfway across the warehouse. Doing some WWE moves. <laughs> yeah, just, just duplex, <laughs> duplexing off the high trampoline. Just, <laughs> oh, yeah. good, good old Ray Mysterio, six six one nine, <laughs> just doing some mean moves, bro. Um, I could see it. It was good fun, man. It's good fun. But yeah, like the fact that we didn't have those as a kid, man. Could you imagine what we would have done in places like that when we were like sixteen, seventeen? Mm. We'd have been nuts, man. We would have tore yeah. that shit to the yeah. ground. Oh. Yeah, probably, yeah. Probably a good thing, I think. Oh, man, my ankles couldn't take it, eh? My ankles <laughs> my ankles were hurting when I walked into that place just looking at all the places, man. It was so gnarly. <laughs> that, boy, that's how you know we're getting older, bro. Look at, like, honestly, well, we're, we're doing a podcast about drinking wine and we look at trampolines and we think we're going to hurt ourselves. <laughs> well, my ankles... Do you remember we... um. 
La, uh, you were back in uh, Australia at the time, and we went for a camping trip. Uh, your whole family and all of our mates and stuff out at yep, um, oh, out the back of Grassy Head. Yeah, out the back of Grassy Head. And we're playing a game of like touch footy or something, and I just yeah. I mangled my ankle like halfway through it and went to the ground. My ankle's <laughs> yeah. never been the same. Hey, like literally, really? that that ankle that that that's the day that my ankle was gone forever. Like I just it's done. I did it no. that day, and it's never been good ever since. Like it's so fucked. Well, at least there's a good memory, I guess. You got to take oh, take know. something out of it. No, or, that, that was a f- well. The trip was good. That was a good trip. But yeah, you know, that was a fun yeah. trip. Yeah, but I mean, what like, would, what would we what would we have been drinking there? Do you think? Uh, beer probably. Just beers. Just beers. Yeah, that was back in the day when we were, we were just drinking beers. Because mm. I mean, we I think we had started dabbling in some some nicer stuff, but yeah, most of it was just beers. Mm. Do you, do you remember after my 18th, um, I got given a nice bottle of port and we were staying, we were staying in Scott's head and, um, <laughs> it was, yeah, yeah. and we, we tried it. I should, I, I should have kept that because it'd probably be beautiful right oh, now. Oh yeah, mate. we would enjoy it We now, would appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Cause we had it and we were like, we were drinking it up and we were just like, what is this? This is absolute oh, port, Port's so sickly, yeah. You don't, you don't skull port. Like, yeah, we were just necking it from the bottom. <laughs> like, come on, man. Oof. Like, that that would have aged perfectly. Imagine just cracking it open on my 30th birthday. It would have been beautiful. Nice, nice little sips of port as, you you know, you're having your cake or whatnot on your 30th birthday. Yeah. It would have been great, mate. It would have been and great. And we absolutely ruined it and slapped it down like idiots. Mm. But I guess, eh? I remember... I remember, you know, one of those classic stories where you're going to a party, so you steal some, you steal some alcohol from your parents, um, so you've got something to drink. And um, I think I stole. This was back when I hope Justin doesn't. No, it wasn't Justin. No, it was Justin. God, I hope Justin doesn't listen to this episode. Sorry, Justin. But yeah, Justin. Justin had some alcohol in his room, and I think it was like, um, uh, like Wild Turkey, the 101 proof, or American yep. Honey, maybe. Maybe it was American oh, yep. Honey. Yeah, it would have been American Honey. I remember, um, I think it was American Honey, but I remember like just tipping some into like a little drink bottle and stuff. And like, I love American Honey now. I think it's an actually really nice, a nice drop. And yep. but I was just like necking it and then just smashing some like Lift or some like cheap lemonade <laughs> just to get the taste yeah. out of my mouth. Some black and just gold like, lemonade. Oh, I just remember like drinking so much alcohol, but never actually enjoying drinking no. it because I hated it and just following it with some sugary syrup chaser just so I could get rid of the taste. Yep. Man, it's crazy to think how much nice alcohol I've wasted in the years just because I, I wanted know. to get drunk and I, I wasn't yep. ready to appreciate it. So, yeah, hopefully some um, younger people can um, learn from our mistakes listening to this podcast and um, hopefully appreciate it. So if you get a bottle of port from... Save uh, it. Yeah, save it and don't be a dickhead and slap also, it down with the boys. Also, if you're out there and you want to buy an 18-year-old a great birthday present, don't get him an expensive bottle of port because he's not going to fucking enjoy it. <laughs> Six, yeah. Fucking a slab of beer, a carton of Jim Bean, fucking you name anything else but port. No 18-year-old in their right mind is going to enjoy port. No. It's, it's not for 18-year-olds, mate. It's just not. No, and, and what 18-year-old is really putting away wine for their future self? Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm just going to pour another little glass of this red because I'm very much enjoying it, and then we'll crack on to the yeah. rosé. Yep. Um, 
Wow, that's well over half the bottle. Oopsie. Um, <laughs> I did it. To, I've already done myself in again, mate. What am I doing? Oh. And then the rosé is going to go down a treat on a night. Like, you will be slapping that down a nice oh, bottle. That, that rosé nice is going to vanish. I love rosé, man. Um, do you remember Do you remember the first the first time you got actually drunk drunk? I don't know yep. if we talked about this in the last one. What was the first time? It was, um, it was at, so one of our, one of the the good old boys, Johnny Rowe, which everyone might know. Oh, on this podcast, on this podcast, they know Jay Rowe, yeah. Yeah, every, yeah, everyone knows Johnny Rowe. So Johnny Rowe used to play, uh, footy. Um, I think it was for the Barraville, the Barraville Tigers. Um, yeah, so they, he was playing and it was their grand final and I'm pretty sure they won and we went back to one of the boys' house. For like, um, how, yeah, how old were you at this point? This would have been fifth, we would have been 15, I think. Yeah, okay. So, we somehow got someone to buy us a bottle of Johnny Walker Red Label. <laughs> I think, I think John had drunk before, but yeah. this, well, for a few of us, and that was the first thing he drank. And for some reason, he told us it was really good, and it was what we I can okay, just think okay. about it, bro. I can taste it. I, I know, like, we all know John Rowe pretty well. He would have just seen, like, Scotch mentioned on, like, How I Met Your Mother or something and be yeah. like, yeah, I'll drink Scotch. That's what men do. Yeah. He would have been fucking lying his ass off that dirty little rat. Yeah, and um, I'm, um, I'm pretty sure Josh was there as well. Maybe and one, another one of our mates, Andrew. And, um, Flash, yes, yeah. I, but, but I think it was three of us, and we, we got a bottle of that. We got someone to get us that. We got a, a pack of Winnie Reds, I think, as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I can yeah. taste that. You can taste the scotch. Oh. I can taste the Winnie Reds, mate. Oh. Yeah. Pack of Winnie Reds. So um, Johnny, of course, knew the best way to mix it. So we, we bought three bottles of Coke. <laughs> three <laughs> bottles of Coke. And I'm still, I can still see it, right? So John cracked the bottles of Coke and he tipped them out like a certain... He had a perfect ratio, an absolute perfect ratio. John always has the perfect whatever he thinks he's doing. <laughs> it's always the perfect... Oh, Johnny boy, I love you, bro. Um, he's got, he's even got the perfect way to shut the boot of his car. You shut his boot in any other way, but the perfect way, he'll fucking rip <laughs> into you. Oh, Johnny, I don't, I don't want to out him too much, so I think I'll just stop there. With no, we will. We will 100% will. Fuck him. Oh. We'll fucking out him as much as he wants. He's going to be... See, did you ever see be him a... eat the mi, mi goreng? He had the perfect way of chewing his mi goreng. Oh, yes. Oh. <laughs> oh. Johnny boy, Johnny boy, Johny boy. Oh. No, you know, he still goes on about... Man, this is just us fucking flaming John now, but, you know, he still goes yeah, sorry, on about bro. having the absolute perfect way of flaming uh, Johnny... Uh, flaming... Oh, fuck. He still goes on about having the perfect way of making uh, migorain. Like, he's got his perfect <laughs> recipe worked out. He thinks he's bloody the Gordon Ramsay of two-minute noodles. Like, of migorain. Okay, oh, but in saying that, he does he does make a good migorain. Yeah, he does make a mean uh, migorain. I'll give him that one. Yeah, he's pretty good at it. But, yeah, so so John had the perfect mix, right? So he tipped it in. He, gave, he, had, he even had the perfect amount of spins you had to spin it. I'm sure. I'm sure of it. I can't be making this up. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, it was a, it was a, after the, the game, everyone was on, they won. And I remember like drinking, I was walking, I was like, oh, I can't even feel anything. Started drinking more and more. And then all of a sudden I was just like stumbling everywhere, but I could remember it. And I remember people t- like, 
people would say like, oh, when for, when you start drinking, like if you get super smashed, you'll black out and you won't remember anything. So I kept thinking to myself, I was like, try to remember this, try to remember this conversation. I was best mates with everyone. <laughs> back in back in those days, I wasn't the most confident person, but I was up at everyone. I was up talking to everyone, best yeah. mates to everyone, making making myself welcome in in their house. I never even met the parents, but I was having a yarn at, at, the, at the kitchen table. Oh, mate, I just, I always have the most distinct memory of you. Is like anytime you were drunk, you'd almost like laser focus in on just find a parent. You're, you're like Callum's like main goal was just to find a parent. Just find find a dad to have a yarn with and you'd automatically change your whole cadence of talking. You'd be like hanging with the boys like, yeah, boys, it's been fucking sick. And then you find the dad, you'd be like, hey, g'day, mate, how are you going? Oh, mate, it's a fucking lovely house you got mate beautiful yeah, what, land look at that view what, what look at the view timber is this oh mate <laughs> how many acres you got well when's the last time you mowed the grass is looking sweet mate it's looking mint <laughs> Ca- oh, Callum bro. the that, friend to all parents <laughs> that that liquid courage it did well it did it did wonders oh yeah me. but then yeah so and then I think Dennis John's dad picked us up mm. shout out Dennis that was a classic ride home and then yeah. um, I actually had to go to work the next day. Oh, brutal! I was working oh, but, in a cafe. But that, that was back in the days where there wasn't such, like no such thing as hangovers. Hangovers bro, didn't exist, mate. No, bro. I was hungover. As, you reckon? As, I was so hungover. I was like, I'm never drinking again. Oh god! I honestly looked myself in the mirror and I'm like, you've done with drink. This is you did you did it once. You tried it. It's not for you. <laughs> Cut your ties. You're gonna be sober for the rest of your life. <laughs> and here we are now. So that didn't work, but I still remember, man. I was—I think I was in the toilet for like half the shift. I'm pretty sure I got fired maybe a few weeks later. Wow, that's amazing. I remember. So I remember, like, I had a few times where I was like, um, you know, pretty drunk, uh, you know, tipsy, you know, a little bit drunk. I, I, at the time, I would have said I was, you know, hammered um, for you know the first six to eight months of my like drinking career and then it came up to the time of my year 10 after party so after the formal in year 10 yep and um it was uh it was at whose house was it at? it was at a, a guy's house um uh his name's dane it's a dane's house i don't know if you ever met dane simpson the guy that went no, to but, high school but i think i i, I do remember i kind of remember where you had you had it it was a, yeah, it was at Valor. It was like a, yep. a a bit of a drive away from from where, and we we all went out there like a group of my mates, and um, I was working at a at a pizzeria at the time, and the one of the guys I was working with, I asked him to get me alcohol, and I don't know if he stitched him up or if he was just playing if he stitched me up or if he was just playing a joke on me or something. So um, I gave him fifty dollars. Right, I said I just got paid that day. I was like, here's fifty dollars. Here's $50. Can you buy me um, enough alcohol, you know, so I can have a good time at this party? And he came back with a bottle of Smirnoffs and a bottle of Everglades. This was one of the first times I had Everglades. (laughs) And he said, he said, this will sort you out. Looking back, that's an insane amount of alcohol to give like a 15, 16 year old person to go to a party to drink. And just before you finish your story, we need to just let all the viewers, we need to let the listeners know Sorry for this is for outing you right here as well. Is um, you're a bit of a I'm lightweight. A lightweight. Then, I'm so. a fucking lightweight. I'm yeah, I, <laughs> I've, absolute I've, lightweight. Yeah, I'm shocked. I'm, I'm I'm a bit more piss fit now than I was back in the day. Yeah, yeah. but there, there was times where like uh, infamously two red bears got me fucking undone for sure. You like, were I'm, hammered. Yeah, I'm not like I never handled alcohol well back in the day. I don't <laughs> so know that's, why. That's a lot. That was a lot like, to give you. 
And it's not like I was a little fella too. I think maybe that's what he was going through because I was a big guy. Like I was, you know, I was a six foot in high school and like a hundred kilos. Like I was a big dude. I still am. Um, but yeah, he, he's given me this bottle of Schmernoff and this bottle of Everglades. Yeah. So I've rocked up to the party and it's a, it's a 15 minute drive from where the formal was to where the party was. And we were drinking in the car and I was just, I had a Macca's Coke in one hand and the Schmernoff in the other hand. And I was, what I was doing is the whole drive there was skull the Smirnoff, sip the Coke, skull the Smirnoff, sip the Coke, skull no. the Smirnoff. So I was half the bottle of Smirnoff gone before I'd even got Shit. to the party. <laughs> and then I'd finished oh. the bottle. I'd finished the bottle within the first 20 minutes of the party. No way. And then blacked out, throw, like in the gutter, throwing up on myself, unable to move. The only vivid memory I have is me vomiting on myself in the gutter at my year 10 after party <laughs> while the song by... It was really peak Kesha time. So you remember the song TikTok? Okay. Yeah. So all I can remember is me vomiting in myself in the background all I hear was... TikTok, make it stop, but the party won't stop till <laughs> Probably night. a couple of fist pumps in there. Oh, mate, and that's literally the, uh, like, hearing that song now, I can still taste the vodka vomit in my mouth. Yeah. Uh, this is the grimmest, grimmest party. Like, and this was at, like, 9.30 I was done. Like, I was so cooked. <laughs> it was fucking brutal. I can just, um, I can picture it. I can absolute picture it. Mm. Uh, so we, um... We're both, I'm half this bottle gone mm. of uh, the 19 Crabsy Uprising. Do we want to give this one a score? Get on to the next one? Yep. Uh, well, so I think... Ah, for... oh, you go. I think you can, abs- like, from the way we've been talking about it the whole time. Yeah. This is getting a bloody five out of five. The price, the the history you can learn from it, a little bit of Aussie history. Yeah. And just at the, it's just a... Like it's a beautiful one. Like I would, I would say it's a beautiful one. Yeah, man. This, this is getting everything, man. This is, this is getting it on price, on design, on taste, on alcohol content. Like eight point nine standard drinks for a bottle. That's pretty good for a bottle. Yep. Like that, that's a bottle that's going to get you pretty warm and toasty at the end of the night. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. This is, this is getting everything that it needs to get, and it's, that's my favorite wine, man. Nineteen Crimes, man. Shout out to that no, company. Hundred percent. Sponsor this podcast and send me more wine, please, because I will drink. I will drink everything you make because you have yet to make a bad wine in my eyes. Yeah, no, that that is an all rounder. If you if you haven't if you haven't tried wine before and you kind of want to get into it, take like get pick up a bottle of this, and you will not be let down. It's 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 awesome. Yeah, so I'm just gonna have a drink of water now to uh, yep. refresh the palate. Ooh. Yep, give it a little swish around. Got to do it properly. Mm. Yep. And moving on to my second glass. This is a, a rosé glass, so it's a bit smaller than a, a red wine glass. Yep. Okie dokie. Uh, you, you, you can go first. You can go first with your New Zealand rosé that you think is superior to Okey my rosé. Okie dokie. Rightio. So, uh, this is, it's called Baby Doll. It's, Baby Doll. It's a good name. Yep. It's a, be- it's a beautiful... Beautiful bottle. Um, the color, like I just love a bottle of rosé. Just looks beautiful. The, that yeah, like agreed, agreed. strawberry color, and you can get different. Like obviously they all change a little bit. Um, mm. I think that that comes down to how long they've left the skins in. Okay. So yeah. you can obviously get a darker one, or if they take it out early, it's a little bit lighter. And obviously each winemaker kind of works with what what they want. But um, yeah. So this is one that I think we had at a friend's house one time. 
And then this is my go-to summer drink where if Elise and I just want something nice to have with dinner, I'll grab this and it's an absolute crowd pleaser. Just for the price, it's $16. Yeah, and um, it's a Marlborough wine, which is renowned throughout the world. It's a it's the it's at the top of the South Island. Uh, Lisa and I, have, I think we've been there three times. Whenever someone yeah. comes and and this is when we're down in Queenstown, we'd always drive up and it's just it's a it's a beautiful part of New Zealand. Um, it's just full of hundreds of different wineries. You can get yeah, Sauv Blancs to Pinot Noirs, um, and yeah, this so this is this is their rosé from Baby Doll. Um, little fun fact: the reason they've they're baby doll is because have you ever heard of the baby doll sheep uh no what's the baby doll sheep so so they're a breed of sheep that are, are like kind of miniature they're miniature sheep that i think mm-hmm. they're fully grown they go up to you the height of your knee i think it's like 45 to 60 centimeters and so this winery uses them instead of lawnmowers. they have little cute sheep roaming around their vineyard and they use them because they're obviously they're not tall enough to pick to eat the grapes. Pick the berries, yeah, okay. I mean, my mind is just racing with jokes to make about how New Zealand fuck sheep, but the fact that they're baby <laughs> dolls and they're they're very small sheep, I feel like I'm not going to make any jokes because I, I feel like it's inappropriate. I forgot. I've lived in New Zealand too long that I've forgotten about that. <laughs> That's I crazy, man. I absolutely forgot about that. Could not shout out New Zealand sheep. <laughs> for for any international listeners that don't know, New Zealand for some reason, I think it's just an Aussie thing that we made up that all New Zealanders fuck sheep. They yeah. don't. I mean, obviously they don't. But I think it they, stems from because there's more sheep than people in New Zealand. But the same in Australia, there's shitload more sheep than uh, than people. Oh, there's more cows. There's more yeah. cows in Australia than anything else, and. You know, most of them went to high school with me. Oh, boodle booch. <laughs> He's Sorry. feeling sassy. He's wine feeling makes sassy. me sassy. Uh, so I'll move on. <clears throat> I'll move on to my one. So I got this beautiful honeycomb rosé from Western Ooh, Australia. That looks uh, this beautiful. Is, this is an all-time favourite of mine. It's always in high rotation. Um, uh, a sip of Devil Lair's honeycomb is an explosion of flavour, colour and texture in the mouth uh so it's got this light pink almost copper color like it's it's very it's very light um the reason i love this wine so much is it's 7.4 standard drinks per bottle um but this is a crisp light rosé i find it almost uh i don't know man it's there's something about this 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 honeycomb that it's yeah it's ridiculously nice so Man, let's pour up. I'm I'm so excited to get into these rosés. So this, mm. so already I think if we're doing the Anzac head to head, so yours you said was seven point four standard drinks. Yeah, and twelve dollars ninety a bottle. Okay. Twelve bucks ninety. I'm seven point seven standard drinks. Okay, okay. So I think I. What about that bottle one. design? What about bottle design? Can you can you see this one? Well, I love yours. Yours is very pink. Yours yeah, is definitely it's very a pink, pink. rosé. Oh, yours. Oh, okay, the design on your bottle is very cute, actually. Bro, they have miniature sheep. I win. Yeah. This has got this whole kind of Confederates um, early soldier shooting, like a cannon with an explosion of like strawberries and this tinted gold and roses. I'm, I'm not going to lie. That, uh, that, that, is, that is a beautiful bottle. Yeah. I mean, Baby Doll is very cute. And um, 7.4, man, this is nice. And I think, um, I think 
the color of this bottle isn't appear uh, like the actual color of this wine. The copperish tinge is not as appealing as the really dark pink of your rosé. Like I think yeah. a rosé that's really that nice pink color catches the eye a bit more. But the subtleness of this color is 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 something I'm drawn to. But yeah, I think I would see a lot of people going towards the darker pink of your bottle over the subtle pink of this, yeah, just on looks alone. Yeah, but the the does the flower like the flower, flowers always get me. So I do. Yeah, flower, I do. flowers do always get me too. <laughs> so like I would pick that up. I'm gonna see that in the shelf. I'm gonna go, hey, this is a pretty beautiful bottle of wine. So mm. so what what does it say on so on the back of mine? I'm getting. I've got the little like the little the blurb or, or what what do you call it on the back of a bottle? The I, th- I think it's a blurb. I'm sure yeah. it's got a technical term, anyway. but. We're not technical people. So, so mine's saying it's got hints of pomegranate, fresh strawberries, and honeysuckle, with um, hints of strawberry cheesecake. So I've got on mine. It is crushed summer berry flavors with creamy textures and a seductive hint of sweetness. Okay. Mm. Got to love. So your, I feel like I feel like that bottle of wine just that that left it open to the, the imagination where mine was a little bit more, yeah. this is what you're getting, this is what it's you can defi- expect. It's definitely a bit more vague with, yeah. you know, it's just crushed summer berries with a creamy texture and a hint of sweetness. Um, like which berries are we talking about? Yeah, exactly. Well, summer berries, you would assume, you know, summer berries. Uh, but this is uh, made from Devil Lair's Winery, which is a great name for a winery, by the way. Yeah, I like um, that. And they uh, continues their philosophy of making wines that define the region, respect the variety and the deliciousness deliciousness of the area, and a drink you can enjoy. I mean, I hope you can enjoy it. I mean, it's a half. Yeah. You're never going to get a drink you're not going to enjoy. You don't need to put it on the bottle. I'm just saying. Just okay, saying. Here we are. Here we are. Let's do it. All right, yeah, let's smell? have a. Yep. Man, I, mm. I love that. Yeah. This is this is like. You, it's summertime. You know, it, it said subtle sweetness, and you can actually smell a subtle sweetness. And yep. it just smells like summer and yep. honey and just, oh, pretty ladies in fields. <laughs> smells like pretty ladies in fields. And then, and then you and me in the back corner. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Us dirty, swelly mongoloids just fucking hovering Two in the back. men in the corner, like, sniffing <laughs> rosé going, this is, this is absolutely mm. beautiful. It's so great. But, hey, I'm there for it. I'm I'm so there for it. Okay, let's 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 dive in. Oh, it's so clean and so creamy. Oh, yep. it's crisp and subtle, and it, I I can't explain how a rosé can be creamy, but it's creamy. Yeah, I it's know. So, it's insane. I do, it's black magic to me. Like I don't yeah. understand how they do this. It's it's witchcraft. I'm telling you. But then, but that's also the sign of a good wine because it, you can get cheap rosé, and it again, it has that alcoholic taste, and the other mm. flavors don't kind of mask that alcohol. Where I think a good wine, obviously because it's very alcoholic, has that alcohol in it, but the flavors mm. can kind of mask that. I like if you would, if I was handed this and you were told me it wasn't alcoholic, I would, I would almost believe you because you only get the slightest, slightest tint of like an alcohol taste yep. right at the back of your throat at the very last moment of the swallow. Like it's so subtle and it's just like that little reminder that you're actually drinking wine. It's like, oh, okay, here it is, you know. 
Yep. That's actually a wine I just drank and. And then I, so I was just thinking to just to if you haven't had a rosé before, if you see it, it's usually in the fridge or you can get it over here anyway. You can it's on the shelf sometimes as well. Sometimes yeah, as well. I bought mine from the shelf. Yeah, that it needs to be cold, crisp, ice cold. Yeah. My bottle. Like this bottle, even though we're sitting in a hot shed, I've had it sitting in ice, and this is this is a very cold, cold yeah, bottle. It has to be cold. I'm talking. You even put it in the freezer half an hour even, before. I'm not opposed to serving a wine with ice at any point in your life. If no, you feel like I've you got, want to serve a I've wine got some with ice, in mine now. very nice. I probably should put some in mine. Um, but th- this is a very cold. But yeah, I, I hate that elitism of people who say, "Oh, you don't." Don't serve ice with wine. You're just watering down the wine. No, I'm not, because the ice isn't going to fucking melt by the time I drink this son bitch. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yep. Because <laughs> if I'm it gonna... is, you're not doing it right. No, exactly. If it is, you're not enjoying the wine. You just got to, you know, ah, oh, it's so good. Uh, no, I love, I, I love rosés, man. Mm. Yeah, it it is, it is a crowd pleaser. And so I, I did a little bit of research the other night, and so apparently rosé is one of the oldest styles of wine because oh really yeah i'm shocked at that i thought it would have been like a i thought rosé would be would have been a particularly new type of wine no that's that's what i think that's what i thought as well but i so i did a little bit of research into it it's one of the oldest styles of wine because they it's made with red grapes so you know obviously like when you have white wine there's there's different types of grapes obviously for different wine so i'm generalizing here a lot as well so they use red wine grapes and then they press them in there and then and then make a really dark red wine apparently they leave them in and the the flight the the darkness of the wine comes out from leaving it over a certain amount of weeks and it okay. leaks, leaches out of the skins and the seeds and the stems and that's why you get yeah. a really dark red wine where with rosé it's kind of done the same way but they they take it out early so it's only so it doesn't been, it doesn't get a time to develop the color. Yeah, it's only been in contact with the skins for a short amount of time, and then back in the day, obviously they didn't have the the proper equipment or technology to do what they do today with the red wines, and they didn't they didn't have the big vats and all and and all the different yeah. stuff they have today. So yeah, it, it was back in the day. It was just an easy basic thing, and rosé was one of those things. I think it it, it dates back yeah to one of the old uh, the, yeah. the oldest Is wines. It, I should have looked this up before we did it, but is wine the first type of alcohol that existed? I'm pretty You'd sure. You'd assume I'm, so, right? Because it's I'm fermented sure it fruit. Is. Yeah. It's on it's Game of Thrones. Bible. It's in the Bible. Yeah. I mean, Game of Thrones isn't exactly historical there, buddy. Nah. I'm going to have to pull you up on that one. But... <laughs> yeah, but I mean, they're not, I drinking, I... they're not drinking Tui's new, are they? <laughs> not, not cracking a 4X, no. <laughs> no. But, that, that's, um, a yeah, fu- so, that's a funny thing to think about is, is to uh, what the different houses would drink as their different wines. I mean, yeah. you know you, you know the Starks, you know, winter is coming, are drinking stouts. You just know yeah. they're a dark beer family. Yeah, they're dickheads. Yeah. And the, Lan- I mean, the, Lan- the Lannisters aren't drinking anything but champagne, those fucking wankers. Yeah. Fucking tosses, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, so, and, yeah, no, another... So apparently as well, rosé has come in and out of fashion. So like, so back in the oh. day, it was obviously what everyone drank. And then they, when, they, when they started being able to develop better red wines, rosé kind of got pushed aside because it was like, they, it was seen as not 
like I don't know, they not enough time put into it. So not not classy enough. Or not no, not classy enough. enough yeah, because yeah. it was just like you you put it you put the skins in for a little bit, you take it out, you've got you let it ferment, and then you've got wine. So I think it's mm. gone in and out of fashion a few times. And then fun fact is the millennials have actually brought it back in. Yeah, I I believe that because. Most people I know around our age who drink wine, like rosé is always in high rotation in their in their drinking habits. Like it's a it's a popular it's a popular style of wine. And I think it's so popular because it's so clean. Yeah. And like I don't mean clean as in like uh, I mean clean as in a taste. Like with like a red wine, they're often a lot uh, very uh, complex. Yeah. Like there's often like a top note, a bottom note, you know, a back note, you know, there's there's different, you know, um, combination of, of things happening uh, in your mouth when you're, when you're drinking it. Like, you know, you've got to look out for your bitterness and your acidity yep. and you're looking for a, a subtle sweetness, you know, and a blend and you, and you want it to be this balanced kind of um, complex flavour. With rosés, rosés tend to... Or for me, at least, tend to be a very clean and crisp taste. Where yep. you know this rosé I'm drinking right now, it's got a subtle bit of sweetness. I'm not dealing with any bitterness. Like it's it's sharp and crisp. Yep. It's um, you know, I mean, it's so drinkable too. Like this this glass is gone. Like I, I've demolished this. There's there's nothing left. Well, yeah, and it's oh. it, like rosé is an all rounder. It's like you can you can bring it to a barbecue. You oh, yeah. could you could have it on. You could have it on a nice sunny day at lunchtime at brunch. Oh, yeah. Anyone this, oh, can drink brunch it. Wine. Oh, rosé at brunch, man. I don't think I've ever done a rosé at brunch. That sounds fantastic. Yeah, oh. next time next time we're getting a couple of bottles of rosé, we're going to get a cheese board and we're going we're gonna to drink oh. with our pinkies up. I didn't even... I was supposed to... I had this whole segment planned where I was going to pair the wines with that food. Okay, let's backtrack a little bit. Okay. 19 Crimes, The Uprising, pairing it with food. Do not yeah. drink this with a full meal. This is not a full meal wine. This is, a, this is an after-dinner wine with cheese or dessert. This wine is, is it's too complex yeah. of a flavour to be mixing with a meal because this wine is going to be more flavourful than whatever meal is in front of you and it's going to confuse yeah. your palate and you're, you're, you're not going to get the best of both worlds when a food with a food. So I would pair this with... A, a dessert, like a, a parfait or a pavlova or something very simple, something fruity, uh, yep. not too complex, uh, maybe like a dark chocolate-ish kind of deal and maybe some cheeses to wind it out. Not a fruity cheese, uh, like a sharp cheddar or yep. a vintage, definitely something sharp with this flavour. Um, and this rosé, like my rosé, pair it with fucking anything and it's going to be 100%. good. Anything. Yep. If you're yep. having a bacon egg roll from fucking Macca's, this is going to go nice with it. There's nothing this goes bad with. It's yeah, or great. a pie and a chalky milk. I mean, mm, maybe not I a chalky mean, milk. Oh. Take the chalky milk outside. <laughs> but I mean a pie. <laughs> a, a fucking a 4 and 20 pie from the server on your way to work. Yeah. Smash it with a rosé. Obviously drink responsibly. Yeah, maybe about- you can be, someone can drive you and you can just mm. be on the way home. Maybe Friday drinks, you know. Mm. But imagine, so imagine rock, so I'm going to do this one day. I want to buy a bottle of this baby doll, Friday drinks for the boys. We've had a hard week <laughs> and I want to rock up with a rosé and I can guarantee you all the boys' eyes are going to light up and they're going to they're gonna enjoy it. Because oh, most, yeah. most of the boys at my work, they, they like, yeah, they're like, like I said in that last podcast, they like, they're like, they're standard, just standard basic, beers, watery beers, basic, yeah. yeah. So I reckon I could give this to them and they'd enjoy it. 
that's the thing. Like, there's this funny thing with like, uh, so you work as a as a, as a tradesman, a carpenter, chippy, chippy. Yep, yep. Chippy, I'm an apprentice. Right? Yeah. I'm an apprentice builder. Yep. Yeah. Chippy. Yep. And I'm a chef. Both both trades, uh, both at different ends of the spectrum of trades. So like, there's this weird thing with with chefs, and I don't know if it's just the chefs I know or if it's a universal thing. Um, but hospitality workers in general tend to be very, very substance abusive. Like, yeah, all all the chefs mm-hmm. I know love drinking, love yep. drugs. You know, not not saying that's a bad thing. Like what you like, do everything in moderation, be yep. responsible, take care of yourself, and don't harm others. That's all I care about. Don't yep. be a dick. Don't harm others. I don't care what the fuck you do. Um, but. Uh, hospitality workers always tend to go towards a harder liquor. Knock-off hospitality drinks, in, for as long as I can remember, has always been Jamison and beer, so scotch and beer. That's that's your thing. You, okay. you know, that's, yep. that's a hospitality knock-off is a, a shot of Jamison and beer. That's, uh, for some reason, I don't know why, that's just it. Um, but like a rosé, if you're having a rosé, that's like almost like a mid-surface drink. That that's what you're having uh, midline. Like uh, yeah. rosé is this this it cuts through all this kind of. Um, for me, rosé always just seems to pull ahead of the pack of every other type of wine as this all-rounder kind yep. of brilliant. You know, it's it's the one you never see coming. It's the underdog that rises above all else. Rosé yeah. is amazing, and it feels like everyone knows it's amazing, but yet no one wants to talk about how good it is. It's no. wild to me. Oh, God, I love Rosé. Well, are, are we, so are we technically millennials then? Is that, uh, how, are we? I don't really understand how that works. We're, or, we're both born in the 90s. I'm 94, you're 93, right? Yeah. Or are we... Do you remember that show that was like the talking, talking about, about your generation? generation? Weren't we Gen yeah. Y? I don't know. Yeah, I think... We, no, we're a bit younger than Gen Y because I remember when talking about your... Uh, for international listeners, talking about your generation was an Australian um, reality game show where it was pitted three generations of people. So Gen X, Gen Y and Baby Boomers. It's, it's crazy to think that Baby Boomers <laughs> were like a generation on TV because now they're, they're like the most hated people. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, it was, you know, three teams of these, of these generations pitted against each other in like this quiz of, of wit and intelligence about, you know, things relating to each generation. And I assumed we were always Gen Y, but Gen Y was a bit older than us, right? Cause that was hosted by Josh Thomas and he was, he's, you know, in his, late thirties now, I think, or early thirties. He's, he's at least 10 years older than us. So we might, we must be, maybe uh, yeah, we might cusp, be in between Gen Y but, and millennials. I mean, yeah. I don't know. People, are, I always get called anyway. at work a millennial. There's this one, uh, one lady I work with. So every time I say something, she goes, Oh, you're so millennial. To be fair, I do have a podcast about anime and I feel like, and a very long beard <laughs> and glasses. I feel like I get yeah. painted into a yeah. corner a fair bit. <laughs> but I mean, okay, yeah. so let's just say we're millennials now. We're, I think our generation then, we, we are bringing Rosé mm. out of the shadows. It was, it's been around for a while. We're bringing it out. We're showcasing it. We're loving it, which I'm sure that I'm just, again, talking like 
gen- generally here, but like the winemakers, I'm sure, are obviously loving making this type yeah, of wine I, because I'd be it's interested everywhere to now. see if there's some sort of statistics on what millennials drink the most because I feel like. And me too, I'm just generalising here, but I'm thinking of all the people I know around our age and I know I know people that are, you know, your stock standard watery beer drinkers. I know people that are, you know, very adventurous in their drinking. I know spirit drinkers. I know wine drinkers. I know everyone yeah. that we know around our age tends to have a different and wildly different taste when it comes to their drinking preference. Like, a standard round at the pub is always really difficult with me, with, like, with us and our mates. Like, how do we do a standard round? Because not everyone at the table is drinking the same thing, you know? It's... Man, I'm getting real sourced. I can tell because I'm fucking rambling. (laughs) (laughs) This is the wine. This is what wine Mm. does. You, You always have a good yarn. And if you're drinking responsibly and you're enjoying it, like, what's the harm? Mm. Exactly. It's, like, like, 4.30... On a Saturday afternoon now, as of time of recording, yep. I've got absolutely bupkis left to do today. I've got to make make a nice dinner and go to bed. That's, yep. that's my that's my yep. plans for the rest of the day. So being you know a little bit tipsy on wine is is absolutely fine with me right now. No, that's um, it. You've got you got to enjoy yourself. You got to sit back. Sometimes you got to enjoy. So if you want to enjoy and you haven't got a lot of money, go out mm. and get these wines that like. I'm just going to come out and say it's my baby doll. I'm giving again top marks. It's a beautiful wine. I haven't, yeah, there's no faults. It's it's for the price. It just does, it does the job. It can go with anything. It's absolutely beautiful. Same, same to my honeycomb. Like this is, this is a phenomenal wine by a phenomenal brewer. Um, there's something so simple about a rosé and, when it's done right and it's done with the care and attention that these brewing companies are putting into it. Yeah. And it, it's so simple and so, and so beautiful, a a simple rosé. It's, 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 it's the epitome of what I think wine should be. And that's a defined goal for a drink. Like, you know, wine is this, is this, historical you know beautiful heritage of of drinking throughout throughout human history like everyone yeah it's been around for years it's been around for years it's a craft it's a it's almost a religion at this point wineland rosé mm-hmm. is just it's simple it's beautiful it's perfect i mean i'm tearing up over here <laughs> honeycomb we is love rosé we love rosé we're rosé boys we're rosy boys mate we're rosy boys we're two we're two bearded men that love we love a bloody rosé we're two, we're two we bearded men who aren't afraid to talk about their feelings and aren't afraid to sip a rosé on an afternoon hey, a rosé away yep exactly and if 2020 has taught us anything it's taught us to stop Take stock and enjoy the simple things in life. And fuck me if I'm not doing that right now. Cheers, Callum. <laughs> Cheers, brother. Mm. Much love, man. Mm. Uh, we should probably wrap it up there. We've gone well yeah. over an hour. Uh, this yep. podcast always seems to run long when we're talking wine because we oh, when we're talking alcohol because we just get we get drunk. Let's let's be honest. We get a bit tipsy. Yeah. Uh, we should probably set what we're going to do next one. Uh, so we've done beer. We've done wine. Should we? Yep. Should we dip out? Spirits feels like it's going to be dangerous. I don't know. Well, well, I was thinking as well. Do, um, what do you? You know those new like are they sel- seltzers or whatever? 
Oh, like the gin and tonics and stuff like that? Like the No, they're, 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 they're the, like, Fisher, do you know the, the DJ in Oz? He's just come out with a whole new thing. And in America, they're massive. It's apparently it's, so it's brewed like a beer. Yeah. But it's clear. And it's like, so, like, it's kind of like soda water with a flavored thing. And it's huge in America. Okay, yeah, let's try it. Send me through some recommendations and we'll get on to it. I've never... But I mean, yeah, yeah that, that's just what I was thinking, but if you... No, oh, let's... They're just massive at the moment. For sure, let's try something new, man. As I, as I said when we were talking about it, like me and you love to try new stuff when it comes to alcohol and drinking and, you know, let's try something new. It's been a minute since I tried something new, so yeah, let's go. What are, what are they called again, sorry? I think they're like... They're called seltzers. Seltzers? Or maybe I'm not saying it. Something like that. Okay. Well, no, let's try something new. So, um, yeah, I mean, we're we're definitely going to be doing more of these because, man, it's just a good excuse to catch up and you. I said it at the start of the pod. I know. Earlier in the podcast, but fuck, I miss you, buddy, and I can't wait to... Man, when we get to do one of these live in person, sitting next to each other, it's going to be... It's going to be so beautiful, man. It's going to be dangerous. We're going to have to, like, tell everyone... (laughs) We're going to have to, like, apologise to everyone in advance. I... Well, I'm worried about my like. I'm gonna bring a suitcase full of clothes and a suitcase full of piss. Man, I'm, I'm worried about the <laughs> fact that Australia. I'm gonna have to blank out like a week solid of whenever you come, so we can do one of these every yeah. day. Like all we're gonna yeah. do is drink and talk shit about how much we love drinking, and it's It'll okay. be like schoolies again, bro. <laughs> I get I get a bit worried that people think we're alcoholics because we talk about how much we love drinking. I don't love drinking to get drunk. I love. No. I love the experience of trying something new and I love the yep. the creative ways people use, you know, alcohol and and this this historic practice of brewing alcohol and you know I remember okay, another tangent. I remember uh, watching a documentary and I can't put it um I can't remember what the documentary is, but it it stated in that documentary that the the thing that made um, humans as a species stop being nomadic and, you know, this kind of wandering species and made us, you know, settle down and start communities and cities and raise families in the one spot and, you know, bunker down and create homes and villages and towns and whatnot was the act yep. of brewing alcohol, you know, because you needed to have an established yeah. crop and an established place to brew alcohol. And that is the reason we started to become less nomadic and more you know, community driven is because as a community, we wanted to brew alcohol. So we had to stay in the one place. And if that's true, Shit, I mean, eh? of course that, that sounds true. Cause why the fuck wouldn't yeah. it be as a species? We love getting, we love getting tipsy and I love getting tipsy with you, buddy. And it's been a fucking ripper podcast. We should end it there. No, um, yep. So go to the socials at Lords of Dorktown on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, you can write into the pod at, at Lords of Dorktown at gmail.com. Uh, We will have another one of these coming out very soon. And as always, it's an absolute pleasure to catch up up with you, buddy. Uh, I miss you dearly and I can't wait to see you again. 100% bro, I've I've enjoyed it. Um, I'm definitely loving it and we're promoting Aussie and New Zealand wine. And especially in 2020, it's good to, to get it out there to everyone to just show what these little little islands down the bottom of the world are, are producing beautiful wines. Exactly. Hey, don't forget it. Don't forget about us. Oh, mate. Yeah, don't forget about us. Uh, anyway, that's Lords of Dorktown, baby. Lords of the Bottle Lords. All done. Catch you later, guys. Peace. Much love. Catches. Thank you.